Hi, this is Pastor James Strickland, and you are listening to our sermon cast for Homeland Park Baptist Church. I love it when family gets together. I love it. Look, I love the fact that we have children in here. I love the fact we have all ages in here, and this is the church. And so, uh, children, y'all are awesome, and we're going to... We're going to make this as exciting for you as you can, but uh, we, will, we will just enjoy being together for the next few minutes as we had plans for this morning, but God has other plans. Uh, the message that I was doing this morning, we'll do next week, but uh, I've been very blessed over the last uh, several months, uh, starting in even early last year. I've been meeting with a, a gentleman that uh, we've had some discipleship times, and all we do is we go through the book of John, and we just, we don't have any commentaries, we don't have any outlines, we don't have any lesson plans, we just read it and go through it. And, and it's just amazing how when you come to it with uh, just some some simple God teach me moments, he does that. So if you brought your Bibles, this is the text, this is the workbook, this is everything that you'll need. There's not going to be any points on the screen. If you're watching at home, there's nothing to follow along with. Just get your Bible and open it up to John chapter 13. And if you don't have a Bible, get out your phone, open it up to John 13. Or if you're at home and you're on your computer, open up, go to Bible.com or BibleGateway.com, many, many Bible websites, and just follow along. I'll be reading in the New Living Translation. And we're talking about something today that I, I would bet that not many people in here have done, done this or had this done to them. This is an amazing teaching moment where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Oh, my goodness. If I was thinking ahead of time, I would have had a, a basin of water up here. We'd wash each other's feet. Wouldn't you all enjoy that? Nope. <laughs> How many of you all just can't stand feet? Okay, we, we've got some. Some are like, I don't even know I should raise my hand in church about that. But the truth of the matter is, is that what Jesus is doing here. Here he is, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he's serving his disciples. And any time Jesus tried to do something, he tried to teach them a lesson. And so what we see here in chapter 13, starting in verse 1, it says, Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour to come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth. And now he loved them to the very end. When you read that, don't you see that Jesus is saying, okay, now it's time. There were so many times in his ministry earlier in this three and a half years to where he would say, no, don't say anything, don't do anything. My time has not yet come. My time has not yet come. But here in this passage, he is saying, my time has come. And says in verse 2, it was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. If you've been around Christianity and Bible teachings, you know that Judas had his part to play in the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. But notice that it says here that, that Satan had prompted Judas. You realize Judas could have not listen to the prompting of the devil. But ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, God's sovereignty, everybody has their place, to, their time to play their part that God has for them. But 
as we see here, it says in verse 3, Jesus knew. Jesus knew the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table. He took his robe. He wrapped a towel around his waist and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet and drying them with the towel he had around them. So here they are. They're at this table, the disciples and Jesus. And, you know, back in the Jewish customs, the, the head of the table was the place of honor. Still probably in your homes, the head of the table is a place of honor. So all of a sudden, the, the person of honor gets up, takes his robe, puts it around his waist, and he gets a basin and he starts washing the feet of the disciples. Now, I don't know if you've ever spent a lot of time on this passage, but I'll never forget when I was in the youth ministry. Bless. I'll never forget in youth ministry where we had gone on this retreat. It was a leadership retreat. And so we decided we were going to have a foot washing ceremony. And sure enough, we did just like the passage says here. And I'll tell you what, it was, it was meaningful to be able to, as a youth pastor, wash the feet of the youth that were in our youth group. It was, it was meaningful. And they, everybody was like, I don't know about this. I don't, it was just really uncomfortable. But at the same time, you know what was more uncomfortable for me? Is when it flipped and they were washing my feet. It was really weird. And I'm not talking about the the grossness of feet and all that kind of stuff, but you you do understand that in the foot washing ceremony back in this time, it wasn't like they may have had a hangnail or they may have had a a bad odor. I mean, they, they walked with sandals on dirt roads, their legs and their feet sweat in every place there was a place to sweat, and the dust would get caked on their feet, caked between their toes, caked on their legs. So I'm telling you, it was a nasty thing. But here's the power of this, folks. You may look at yourself and say, God knows me. Jesus knows me. He knows what I've done, and I am nasty. I've got all of these issues in my life, and I, I just, oh gosh, I, I know that, that my life feels like those disciples' feet. Jesus bowed down. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, he bowed down and he washed the disciples' feet. He didn't care. And here's the mind-blowing, folks, the mind-blowing thing. I mean, think about it. Jesus washed Judas' feet. Jesus washed his betrayer's feet. Let me ask you a question. I'll ask myself a question. Could I serve the person that would deny me and betray me. Nowadays, the worst thing you can do is, okay, I'm going to unfriend them on Facebook. That'll show them. Okay, great. You, you, you get rid of Facebook drama for a minute. But Jesus gave Judas every opportunity to change his mind, but yet J- J- Jesus is sitting here washing the feet of his betrayer. That had to be weird. And then it says in verse 6, When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? 
I love Peter. Peter says what everybody else was thinking. Peter's the kind of guy that says something, and then he thinks about what he just said. <laughs> you know what I mean? Impulsive. Now, who in the world would jump up and finally find a good boat in water and try to walk on it to get to Jesus? Who would even just think about that just to jump out of it? Well, some of you would. I know you would. But here we go. Peter, the honest guy, saying, Jesus replied, you don't understand what I am doing, but someday you will. Peter, trust me, you don't understand why I'm doing this, but one day you'll get it. No, Peter protested, you will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, well, wash my hands and head as well. Lord, not just my feet. So as we look at that just for a moment, Peter is he's showing love and respect for Jesus by saying, Jesus, you are our, our teacher. You are our disciple. You are the Messiah. You don't need to be washing our feet. But we know because of what the Bible teaches us and because of what happens in history, the disciples, the most godly men ever to walk this earth, other than Jesus, had hang-ups. Even as disciples, do you know, even as disciples, they spent their entire ministry while Jesus was on this earth earth thinking that they would have some kind of earthly reign that they would be on the king's cabinet so to speak and they would have power and they would have prestige they didn't truly get what was happening until jesus died on the cross and then resurrected these guys at this moment in this meal what we hear peter saying is that we are we have expectations we have entitlements but you don't need to 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 put yourself lower than us As Christians, are you entitled? Do you put your preferences above Scripture? Do you think that there is something that Jesus doesn't need to do or shouldn't do? Better yet, do you think that there are certain things, oh, I could never do that? I found myself doing things I thought I could never do because in the moment they needed to be done. He is trying to teach these disciples, and he's trying to teach you and I that there is no small jobs there's, there are things that have to be done, and sometimes it takes humbling ourselves and doing it. So if God can humble himself in the form of Jesus Christ to wash the feet of the men that he created, who are we to not serve him as well? And then it says that Jesus says in verse 10, A person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. But not all of you. Folks, Jesus knew full well who was going to do what. And then he says, for Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. Now, if you're sitting in that room and your feet are still drying from where Jesus has washed them, or you are still washing your hands from where you wash somebody's feet. And Jesus says that. He says, there's somebody in this room that, that, that denies, that's going to deny me. What's everybody going to do? Your first thought is what? Is it me? Oh, I know who it is. It's them. Then you start, well, if it's not me, it's, it's definitely this guy. And they're like, that, it's their fault. And so they're all just kind of scrambling here. And then it says that, verse 14 
And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are no greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the ones who send the message. Now you know these things. God will bless you for doing them. I think it's very important that you understand this, and this is kind of what came out in our our discipleship time as we were talking, is that Jesus didn't do this to just teach the disciples to serve one another. He taught them the lesson so they could go out and serve other people. My friends, if you're using your spiritual gifts, and if you're using everything that God has given you only to to serve those that you like and those that are in these walls and have no no regard for anybody that's out there, and you're just trying to keep everything in-house, oh, we are comfortable, we are loving church, we just, oh, everything is great, and we don't care what happens on the outside, we are not doing what Jesus has called us to do. If we spend our time serving ourselves, we will become inward-focused. And an inward-focused church will always die. He's teaching the disciples how to wash others' feet, how to become a servant so that they can do the same thing. And of those disciples, they went and they died for their faith. I fully believe as they were dying for their faith, they remembered when Jesus Christ the resurrected Son of God washed their nasty feet. He says in verse 18, I'm not saying these things to all of you. I know the ones I have chosen, but this fulfills the scripture that says, the one who eats my food has turned against me. I tell you this beforehand, so when it appears, when it happens, you will believe that I am the Messiah. I tell you the truth. Anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me. And anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the Father who sent me. Folks, Jesus is teaching us here that we must serve others, not just ourselves. He is teaching us today that if you are running from God, he is giving you every opportunity to stop running because he knows you are running. He knows your heart and his desire is to serve you in hopes that you will come to know him. So if you think that there are certain things in your life that Jesus can't touch, (laughs) if you think there are certain things that you've done that caused Jesus not to love you, that is a lie straight from the pit of hell. John 8.44 says that Satan is the father of lies. We all think about Jesus Christ being powerful and being the one that's going to return on the great white horse at the time of judgment. But also today, I think you need to think of him as that humbling servant that washed your feet, that served you, that gave his life on the cross so that you could know him. Maybe the best thing we could do is wash somebody's feet. Maybe literally, but definitely figuratively. Putting their needs before our own. And I think if we do that, then that will revolutionize the way that we see life. It will give us an opportunity to see God more clearly. 
And if there's one here today, either watching by way of Facebook or even in this sanctuary this morning, that thinks they're too dirty for God, the Bible says otherwise. All it takes is repenting and coming to him and saying, Jesus, I want you into my life. Forgive me of my sins and help me to walk with you. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for our time together this morning and thank you so much for your word. Help us to remember as a church that it's great to worship and it's great to um, have all of the, the, the planning and the events in the worship service, but ultimately at the end of the day, what it really boils down to is your holy word. God, this is why we are here. This is why we got up this morning and braved the cold so we could hear your word preached and be in your presence. God, we thank you for that. And if there's one here today that does not know you, may they not leave this place until they know for sure that their dirtiest parts of their lives have been forgiven by you, God. Because it's going to be a lot harder once they walk out of these walls to take a stand. Maybe there's a believer in here today that has got a little bit of entitlement in their minds. They're entitled to this, and they're not going to do that, and I can't do this, and I won't do that, or I'm better than somebody else. If that's you today, my friend, watch the Savior wash your feet and keep that, keep that attitude and see how that works. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this worship service. Thank you for the heat in this building, and thank you for Plan B. Thank you so much for being the God of the audible. And thank you so much for everyone that is here attending, worshiping, and expectant to what your word says to them, Lord. May we go outside of these walls and be your church. For it's in your name we pray. Amen.